Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. A good round of rugby league and now on the doorstep of Game 3 of the State of Origin Series. Welcome back, Boxhead. Yep. Uh, not far away now, that's for sure. So uh, I've got a few games to get through, obviously, this week with the shortened round, but uh, that's probably a discussion for another day. Yeah, we'll touch on the teams quickly after we do the Fast Five. As always, the highlight, low light, best and worst teams and players and obviously any questions coming out. Of the previous round of the NRL, what was your highlight? Uh, a Holden Cup game, actually. Televised game on Sunday afternoon, the Roosters and the Titans. If you haven't seen it, um, record it because it's probably the best game I've seen or most entertaining game I've seen all season. Yeah, I've got that one recorded. Still yet to Do yourself uh, a favor. get that one on the TV, probably tonight. But uh, I couldn't split my highlight. It had to be either last night, the atmosphere at Belmore, showing that, uh, you know, on, on occasions, probably not every single week, obviously, these... Uh, you know, modern ground, oh, the, the, the old ground, sorry, like Leichhardt and there, that you could go there, but uh, that was an absolutely outstanding atmosphere. I haven't heard anything like that since I've watched old games from the 90s where the crowds were out in force. So um, it really broke the mould of what we usually get to see on TV. And the other one was Matt O's hit on Tyrrell. Mm. That was just brutal. Good, clean, solid hit. Uh, caught him on the blind side. That's what happens when you watch from dummy half and don't look up first. He, he got absolutely pulverised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ripper shot and... Tell you what, if you want to make an ad campaign, people said you take out the punches and all the tackles um, that you couldn't put an ad together. I just put Matt O's hit reel together. Well, there was two. There was two hits in that game. George Tafua. Yeah, there was another one as well. Yeah. yeah, George Tafua smoked Dylan Walker. Yeah. But I tell you what, you could honestly make the ad campaign for the NRL purely off Matt O's uh, highlight reel for his career. Yeah. He smoked some people. But what about your highlight? Oh, uh, the low light of the week is probably the Kieran Foran um, saga. But on the field, it was probably the performance of the Storm last night. I thought they were. They were pretty poor last night. That's as bad as I've seen them play uh, in a long time. Yeah, well, Bellamy definitely didn't pull any punches. Um, so, that, that, you know, there's no excuse for the loss, but they've definitely tried to change things a little bit to suit Hampton and Munster, and they're going to have to because mm. they don't have Slater and Cronk. But at the same time, uh, they thought that yeah, the way oh, they were... I think they got a buy this week, and then... they got the Warriors on the road. Yeah, but that... that... Realistically, Cronk should be back for that. So, well, you'd hope so. Yeah. He's uh, said that he's going to an Origin camp to do every single training session. Realistically, with the surgery, he had usually a six-week turnaround. He's going in only after a couple. So, hopefully, no re-injury. Yeah. Uh, from a Melbourne point of view, from a Queensland point of view, I hope he's a little underdone. But definitely not for the Storm because they need him. Uh, my low light was exactly that: Origin injury, some of the players missing. Um, then you, you know, Pete's is obviously injured, so he's going to miss an opportunity. If Farrah's got his hand problem, and that's the other one. He broke his hand. Uh, both Scott went off, Maguire's gone for the year now, the Achilles injury, Cronk not playing, Innes getting himself suspended. It's uh, It's been a little rough patch, so not too sure who will pull through and who won't. Yeah, there'll be plenty of paper talk for the next week, but 
Uh, I guess sort of this time next week, you're obviously going to know. So I think just in general, you don't want to see some of the players that have been involved through the series so far going down. You know, it's it's been a good series. I wanted to see all of them involved in game three. So Josh McGuire, that's disappointing, and for the Broncos uh, set up. Well, it's a big loss. Yeah. It's, it's a massive loss, loss, and he's been outstanding. But, There's a linchpin in the middle there. Sure. Um, yeah, there's just some injuries over the weekend, but what about your best? Uh, the Sharkies' comeback I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Eels, obviously overcoming all the off-field talk and coming out and putting in a good performance. And then, obviously, the last two performances that around, uh, the Dogs were excellent, and I thought the Panthers were really, really good. Yeah, well, I singled out a player from the Panthers. That's Dane Farah. Yeah, he was and sensational. Anyone that's listening to this knows that we've been wrapping him up since the first year we started this show. Yeah. A lot of people don't give him the credit he deserves. A lot of people come around, as they do, when G.I. mentioned him on the TV and then all of a sudden thought he was the best centre in the world. But, um, you know, we've been tapping up for three years, and rightly so. I think, said it before, all round, I wouldn't put it past him being almost the best all-round centre in the comp. He's very good defensively. He's old school in the fact that he can actually put his winger away or set things up. There's a lot of centres now that have come from the back row that don't understand how to put their man away or, you know, square up one-on-one. But uh, Faro's the whole package. Yeah. And it's good to see him healthy for Penrith. Um, they've obviously had, haven't had much luck there. But like you, team-wise, the dogs, I thought they were outstanding. Happy that they're finally doing what I've been whinging for him to do. Stop yeah. tipping on through forge. Just bash the crap out of his side. They just mowed Melbourne down to the middle last night. That's all they need to do. Yeah. And even Hodkinson looked good off the back of it. It's it's easy to look good when you've got time and space to play off quick play. Clemmer looks like he might have unlocked them as well. Because yeah. they're, uh, they're really going forward. And... and they needed somebody, I think Pritchard started it, but he's jumped on board now, somebody to say this is what we should be doing. Yeah. Clemmer's definitely taken on exactly what we're talking about, which is let's just crush teams in the middle. Who's going to stop them? Yeah. They're ginormous. Yeah, but he's going to get the others going forward a little bit as well, I think. Yeah, he, he's taken it by the scruff of the neck and said, this is the way forward. Forget the tip on crap. Let's just bust the ruck up. Yeah. Um, I think they showed the blueprint if, that they could be a real threat with that pack if they do what they did last night. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes up for the little glitches maybe in the halves and sometimes in the outside backs, but uh, he, he was outstanding. Um, worst, what was your worst? Uh, the Titans-Roosters game. It was a stinker. It was a shocker, it was wasn't a stinker. it? I, you know, as a fan, I, start, I struggled to watch it. I must admit again, though, the Titans, full credit to them, um, under rough circumstances and a lot of injuries, everyone had them to get absolutely lapped. They don't make it easy for anybody. Neil Henry's done a real good job uh, changing attitude at that club. Yeah, he has. Uh, unfortunately, prior prior situations like this, they would have got dusted. I think you'd admit that as well. Yeah. If they were saying yeah, they got injuries, they got problems, it would have been 40 points, probably off to the GC afterwards and have a good time. But under Henry, that hasn't been the case. There's no excuses. Um, players are coming in and doing their jobs. Lots of guys are learning what NRL's all about this year, and I think going forward, they're going to be much better for it. Yeah. Uh, my worst was a, a tie probably between Canberra and the Dragons. Canberra had a real good opportunity here. After a few close games, they that, that was the, probably their worst game of the year. To be honest, I, I thought they were awful. And the Dragons, two weeks in a row now, unlike them. Lots of errors in yardage, poor decisions by the halves, and not going forward, they played sideways. Yeah. They looked like the Dragons of the first three weeks. So, yeah, Not too happy there, but what about any questions? No, none really. None. I, I figured you'd have those prepped. Well, I had a couple uh, more around the origin ilk, and then today they basically answered the question. I was going to say, if Farrah is out... Um, and Innes isn't suspended. Is it Innes? Is it Rain? Is it Reynolds? Or, you know, we've also tossed up Blake Austin, but that's been answered today. He named Reynolds and Hinchcliffe to go up there. Well, and Innes. Innes. The... Well, they, they're going to have to pull a 2002 a la Lottie de Curie where well, they, they will. To, no, no, what, they will. Is, are they allowed to do that? I, I don't yeah. know. I yeah. don't know. They are. 
if they can do that, I'd rather Innes, to be honest, than uh, definitely not Reynolds. And I love Hinchcliffe. He's from Melbourne, and he's got man of the match in City Country games, but I still don't think that's the kind of game you want to be blooding someone yeah. um, to play nine for us. So Innes would be my choice. Yours, if Farrell's not playing? Uh, I, I just think Farrell play. If, if he's out, I would put Blake Austin in at nine. You know, I'm, I like Mitch Rain. If we didn't have Ennis or we couldn't have Farrell, I'd be happy with Rain. I think you'd probably have to, unfortunately, carry someone of some utility value. But we have seen Jackson play some nine at club. I don't think that's a great idea. But, no, you can't um, play Jackson, though. Yeah, I, I, I thought he would have had Lewis in the mix. That was the other one I was going to say. If the back row spot, um, you know, it was opened up by Scott, would you look at Lewis or Frizzell? But Frizzell's not even in the camp. Lewis isn't either. Um, yeah. He's taken Tarek Sims and, of all people, Sianni Mataudia, who's been awful. Yeah, it's just for outside back cover, I think. I get that, but Dylan Walker, like if I'm Dylan Walker or Jack White for Australia, yeah, but he's been awful at club, and especially, I think it's been exposed at the high level, not in the twenties, in the centres defensively. Yeah, he got his pants pulled down on Friday. Full back and centre, big difference, and playing centre in the twenties when you're an absolute powerhouse is is very very different to playing in first grade as well. Yeah, he's been marked up on, so um, that's probably a good thing for his confidence, maybe to go back, but. I really thought he would have taken Whiten or probably Walker into camp, if anyone. Yeah. Sims I'm happy with. I think Sims has been one of the only players, um, with, along with his brother, kind of having a go at Newcastle, to be honest. So, yeah. um, that wraps that up, but we'll have a quick talk about the teams. Obviously, New South Wales unchanged, but we've got Farrah there. We said Reynolds and Hinchcliffe shadowing. Sims and Mattia going up there. Scott and Farrah, um, I think probably both will play. You have to think Needles will come to the equation. Well, he's having surgery, Farrah, they're saying, so... Um, that's rough. Yeah, we'll see. See what happens. I still think the key doesn't come from Farrell. I'm not saying he's been bad this series. He's done his tackles. He's done his job. But I think the forwards is worth one. Simple as that. Yeah. If we do the job in the middle, we win the game. We don't need anything special from dummy half. Yeah. We need the forward pack to do their job. But um, the Queensland side of things, Cherry Evans is out altogether. Cronk has been named. Um, he reckons he's going to do all his training and be healthy to go. So they're rolling the dice there. Morgan is the utility. Gagai takes a wing spot because Slater's out, which pushes Chambers in and G.I. goes to the back. Um, and then on the bench, obviously, Maguire out, Papali's in, and Edric Lee's the 18th man. Yeah, interesting. It's uh, fairly interesting. We were trying to think last night of other outside backs from Queensland that were playing. In grade, I didn't have a great look in depth, but the only one I could think of that was in those developing camps was Copley, and he hasn't even been playing first grade. Mm. So, What's Moreno? He'd be a Queenslander. Yeah. He is He's safe, young. isn't he? He's He's he is pretty safe. I think even Carhu or a couple of those blokes, all those Brisbane guys are pretty safe Yeah. if you really wanted to uh, bring someone in. But um, obviously, you see something in Lee. He's been in those camps before, so um, see what happens there. But honestly, if we have a quick touch on it, we're obviously going to have a preview next week before we head up for Game 3. Um, I think some of it up, it is exactly what we've said. I think the forwards is where it's won. Yeah. If they can't stop us and we do exactly what we did in Game 2 and what we did in the first half of Game 1, similar to the Bulldogs kind of last night, we overpower them in the middle. It's, it's up to us to find points off the back of it. Yep. And not with this boring robotic football, with a bit of second phase and a bit of ad-lib. Agreed. Nice. Well, that's covered Queensland, New South Wales, and the Fast Five. We'll jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend, kicking off Friday night, the Broncos versus Newcastle, 44-22. to uh, It was 20-6 to at halftime. The Broncos had every right to uh, be a little bit tired. They had a short turnaround. They've played a lot of football, but uh, in saying that, they just know how to win, regardless uh, of the They were at home... I can't believe Mr. Gossip bloody tipped Newcastle. He didn't. He did. On well, on Twitter he did. Oh, I don't know about it. in our on tips. Twitter. We tipped the same round this week. Oh, so Mr. Gossip. That's shocking. There's I don't no... know how many. I don't know how many uh, he'd have before he uh, got onto Twitter that day. But 
Smash your head in the table. Gossip. Basically. You idiot. Uh, Boyd, that came out of it also. He's the other one. Had a bit of a groin strain, but he played most of the game. And then Maguire, I think, is massive. Um, they obviously did their rotation again. Thought they got a rest this time. I know... Might have been the bloke from zero tackle. Posted yeah. it. You never know. Imbecile. I know Maguire is younger, and he said he probably wouldn't get a rest. And I'm not saying that fatigue played a factor, but he did play three games in 10 days. Mm. And now he's torn his Achilles. That is a pretty big blow. Yeah, well, look at how many injuries there are. You know, you've only got to go through probably each side. You've got at least uh, your origin size, I'm talking. You've got three injury concerns in both camps. Yeah. So six of the, what, 34 players, you know, it's it's almost 20% of the players that are, that are there are carrying some sort of injury, and that's they're the ones we know about. There'd be several that wouldn't be disclosed to be covering inju- uh, carrying injuries as well. Well, I spoke to yesterday on the low low talking to a couple of people that were on their breaks, and uh, just about everyone's carrying some problems. Of course, I, few that I, was talking to, I, so. I don't mind the idea of a mid-season um, bit of a stop. Yeah. I, I really don't mind it. I, I was thinking about it the other day. Why couldn't we play Origin on, a, on the first one on a Wednesday night, the second one on the following Friday, and then the third one on the following Sunday? So you're always getting like a nine-day turnaround. Mm. I don't understand yeah. why they, you know, something like that isn't viable. But well, they come up with a similar idea. And then just have but the Wayne Bennett had a Wednesday game to a Thursday the week after to a Friday, so they got the same gap, eight-day gap, basically. Yeah, I would have just thought that it'd be better for TV for Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Makes sense. Um, I know, I think it was early 2000, or it might have even been 2000, that they had Origin on a Sunday night. I hated yeah, it on I a Sunday night. The, the biggest thing they, I think they talk about, and this is the one thing, is when they I do it... Saturday night's a no-brainer. When they do it middle trouble. of the week, though, they crush everybody, and for the, they win the ratings for that week. So that's why Wednesday's so big. But do they, do they really think that less people are going to watch it if it's on a Saturday night? No, but I'm just saying there's other things to compete with, and you know, yeah, may, maybe someone on a Wednesday or just something small like that is enough to swing it. Uh, number wise, not to, like that's the biggest rating program. Yeah, I know that this year, and it probably I know that, but I'd be very interested to see how the numbers had stuck up. Well, how does it stuck up compared to the grand final? It beats it. New beat South, by by a lot or, or by three. I think they said grand final in the two Origin games last year. I think grand final was fifth. Origin was one and three. Okay, yeah. And well, this the, year, the grand final is also subjective because it, it depends on yeah. what teams you've got in as well. It's similar, like the pinnacle of it. Game two this year is already number one. They said game three is going to wipe the floor with it. So yeah. Um, that's midweek for them basically means a home yeah, run. But I also, just... also, I'm a bit over TV dictating. Oh, hundred percent. But that's that's also up to the game to you know if they're going to take a bit of a short form. Well, Paul, they should take a little Paul bit Kent less money. And a couple of people said there's a hundred times if we're going to do that, you're going to have to take a bit of a. Well, why not a short form if we want to get things our own way? Because obviously, otherwise, TV does dictate if you want to have the coin. So, yeah. um, it's one of those situations, isn't it? But actually, back to that game. Um, Newcastle, like we said, obviously some massive changes need to happen there. There's some good kids. I thought Joey Tapine, Denny Levi in his second game, Corbin Sims, they were all pretty good. Mamo on that tried hard. Um, Metallia, like I said, he had, a, he had a Barry Crocker overnight out in the centres. They picked on him big time, but um, something's got to change. Big time. Yep. Uh, this whole Newcastle thing that I went on around about a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, it's they get their players, their juniors, this, their coaches, this and that. They don't really look to the outside. People are offended. The town's offended. Well, that's yeah, the reason you're not in the eight. They've got... They recruited Tarek Sims last year. Yeah, one player, because his brother's there. And they basically of, picked him up on the it. area. I, yeah, I don't, I don't sort of buy into that. I think it's a bit mythical. Well, his brother left North Queensland and he wanted to come back to Sydney with his missus. And yeah, but his he's, still, he's still external. I, I, so you it's, know, I it's, don't... it's a link-up. They've been to every club together in some capacity. They all moved with Ashton the first time to Brisbane. They all moved together. You know, Bo Scott went there. Darius Boyd went there. Yeah, under Wayne Bennett. There's a lot, of, a lot of 
players from outside Newcastle. He still there. didn't quite get full control. When I just think I just think they're still recovering from Nathan Tinkler. Obviously, um, there might be monetary issues there. Uh, they've had they've had well this year they've had to clear out some dead wood. Um, obviously, both Scott going, Kirk Idley going. I think this year they'll just suck it up. Next year they'll probably suck it up. Similar to the Titans, they look they look similar to me roster wise to what the Titans do. Um, and then next year, I think they'll be big players on the market. Like they're going after Hodkinson. He's not a Newcastle boy. Nah. So you know, I, I think it's That's... a bit of, it's a bit mythical. I I totally understand what they're saying. I, I I agree with what they're saying in terms of they've got to get back to the Newcastle roots roots of it. But that doesn't mean that everyone in the club's got to be from Newcastle. That's ridiculous. Penrith have that's very similar to what Gus said at Penrith. Yeah, he wanted he wanted I think eighty percent. You know, the dream is eighty percent of the players to yeah, come if from within Penrith. That's so you right. can't be stubborn and defend that's a, that's, them because that's they're the Newcastle. That's the goal. That's the that's the philosophy. That's, that doesn't you know. You look at Penrith now. There's no way there's eighty. That's the, the issue. Side. Even Newcastle people, I bring up people like Danny Badiris and all that. Like people are offended when a Newcastle player gets dropped or the, the club's not giving Rick Stone full control either. It's just got to be. They need to, good they need to break a bit of that lock and worry about the football club and winning games. Yeah. Obviously, you want to produce your own juniors, but it's quite simple, cut and dry. If they're not good enough, they shouldn't be in your first grade side. No. You should be looking external. So who are we talking about? Who, like. Because I heard you talking to Gossip about this, and I, think I, I the, copped it. We, you know, I, I copped off off you two in that regard. I, I don't, I don't stand away, stand back from what I said. I, they've recruited people from external, they, and who who are you going to drop, and who's going to come in? They need to get on the market. Simple. They never tried to. Well, they are. They're they're in the market at yeah, the moment. For for Hawkinson, which is reactive to the fact that Mullins out for the year, and all of a sudden, no one likes Ty and Roberts. Nah. And they're well, they're, they're both Newcastle boys. Spend a minute of money trying yeah, to get I don't, I, I don't have a problem with them rushing, not rushing into the player market if there's, there's players there that they don't really want or don't really need. They're going to do it next year, good on them. If it's this time next year and then they're still in the same position, then, you know, I'll be after them. But to me, it just looks as though he's... Like said, he's big, looking to sort out the roster. He looks similar me. to me to what Steve Price did when Danny When Danny Badiris and Andrew Johns have got all this information and problems with how things are running, I think you've got a problem. Well, what's their problem? Well, probably the most... Badiris is a trainer there, so yeah, that's, I, that's I find that you, hard you want, to... you want the most cut-and-dry thing with him and Andrew Johns. He said, you challenge the players and you're trying to bring them up, they're too comfortable. They don't that's, an effort, that's an effort thing. Yeah, but he's saying they're comfortable. And he's, okay, but, but the and point is that, right? back to the same So thing. why doesn't the team change? Why hasn't the team changed? Well, that's what he's trying to shake off. They're saying they're Newcastle no, boys are too the... comfortable in that situation. Okay, so why hasn't the team changed? Well, you tell me. Well, you're the one saying that you know he's, coming, he's coming out. He's, coming he's on the coaching staff, so why hasn't the team changed? Mm. This is what I'm saying about the whole. I'm telling you, it's because they don't have the players there. Everything to, else to make the changes at the moment. Well, they're playing their best best side. He doesn't have full control either, though. No, Rick Stone. No, but it's pretty sad but when uh, two of your greats are coming out and they got players like I said that you're trying to push and challenge, and these blokes are so comfortable well, in their own shoes because they're Newcastle blokes at Newcastle that it's almost wrong that they be dropped or moved on. And same deal with Brian Smith was the last one to go there, trying to bring in some change, and there was an absolute outrage by all of them. What Brian he was trying Smith to bring did, in. just bringing in change. He, you know, threw the baby out with the bathwater. That that was one extreme to another. I, I understand where he's coming from, mm. but I, I, I don't understand what you want him to do right now. What do you want him to do right now? They're no, stuck with their roster. Yeah, I'm not saying about right now, but going so forward. So you're the same not just going to buy players for the sake of buying players. No, but there's plenty that have been this year that they didn't even have a bar for, and all of a sudden, well, you don't know like, hmm, they didn't have a have a cracker. Let's have a go for Trent Hodkinson of all people and meet that quota that no one was willing to pay. Even the Titans have all put the same deal. They're not going to react to it. They're like, no well, way. That's, and no one's going after the Titans. No, they're in a similar no spot. Titans don't have a massive junior base to go from. Titans aren't relying on their own culture. They need to build from. I don't. I don't mind what either side. I don't mind what either of them are doing. If, if they, 
if they're waiting for the right player and they're not going to pay overs for players, that's going to set you up for long-term success. Not You, you know, they might hurt in the short term, what they are now, but in the long term it's going to pay off. Not paying overs for players. Yeah, well, we talked about Newcastle too much. We've done it last time, we've done it again. Uh, that game, I don't know, what do you think? Well, they're just not good enough. Newcastle just aren't good enough. Simple. Brisbane um, are playing to their strengths. They're defending well. They're, they're a stacked side. They've got plenty of quality, quality players. Newcastle just aren't good enough. Yeah, Brisbane, Brisbane fairly impressive. I like Milford, again, showing signs of improvement. But they've both got the bye next week, well needed uh, for all they have a rest. And the other Friday night game was Souths 20-8. to 8. Over Manly, uh, it was a it was a pretty tight game. It definitely didn't feel like a you know last place versus sixth. It, I think it lived up to what you'd expect. But uh, Reynolds went off early. But tell you the biggest thing, and I think everyone's kind of seen this with all the time he spent off now. Kiri in particular is growing in stature in the way he controls the game. Thought he was very good the other night, but um, yeah, uh, you know the Matt and Tira, like you said, that was absolutely. I, I definitely don't think that game was up to the standard that it would have been. Last year, even the year before, well, I probably I think both I mean, sides feeling are, and emotion. Uh, both sides are down on their form from last year. That's for sure. Mm. Well, I thought that was uh, George Burgess's best game for a while. He's been pretty bad this year as well. But um, Aaron Gray again, solid. That I, I thought things look like they're starting to shape a little bit better for them. But uh, well, South just can't. They, they've been hit by injury consistently. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I think the benefit is we've seen Kiri and Sutton now form a bit better of a bond. Or even the timeout when both of them were out and it was Kiri on his own. I think. Their biggest benefactor right now, later in the year when Reynolds is healthy, he's there, Sutton's there, Glenn Stewart's now come back into the side. He's the biggest benefactor, I think, for all this time off. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to help all of them. Yeah, well, oh, they're, they're flat at the moment, that's for sure. And then they've had, they had the nines into the World Club, into the start of the year, and they really haven't had a break. They had um, some key injuries. If I'm McGuire, I'm probably freshening them up. Um, uh, they've got the Panthers this week. That's going to be a tough game. And um, after that, I'm probably um, looking at really giving some of these guys a, a good break, mm. particularly, you know, Inglis, obviously. Um, and then, you know, whoever's played the majority of the game, just give them, give them 10 days off. Mm. Well, I think the other to one... head into the back end of the year. Yeah, well, Stewart come back early. Hopefully he's all good. Because they position themselves all right. I think they're fifth. They're, they're within touching distance of the eight. Oh, they're fine um, considering the situation. They haven't even had to break, you know, break of sweat. And they've really done... They, they've played, they haven't... Yeah, as you said, they haven't broken a sweat. They've basically got there. the Roosters last year, but... The only way for South, I think, is up. The only difference, I think, last year, the Roosters still had a better roster. But we're almost like a... Most teams off the back of a grand final, a bit of a hangover, I suppose. They never really got out of second gear. Mm. South had that motivation after a couple of close losses... I can't say yeah, they're. But I don't think I don't think South's are complacent. No, that's what I'm trying to say. They're not in a hangover. They lost a couple of real quality players. They've kind of had to rebuild and uh, modify well, their two game. Two international back rowers, yeah. Yeah, and then you've obviously brought Stewart and Sutton. You've had probably your best, your key playmaker out for a, a long period of time. Mm. So, they've, um, but I'm saying they've grown. Off you that. then really haven't had Sutton playing where you want him to. No. What they would have, uh, you know, built as a game plan pre-season, they haven't been able to. But the upside even, even is you finally get a bloody kid you've waited three years for in grey. Uh, Sutton... Yeah, but he's an outside back. That, that's fine. That, 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 those two going down gives Grebsmill the opportunity to emerge, who's been absolutely outstanding, been and Kiri's grown. So I think in all facets, when everyone gets back, those two go to the back row. Reynolds is there to help out. Kiri's going to be better when Reynolds is back. That's what is in good form. And, but I think and, all the... You know, they've had a dra- there's been a drama with everyone. They had the English, English injury situation. They had the Isaac Luke contract in and out. They've had the Adam Reynolds in and out. 
their spine's been... Yeah, these few speed bumps I'm saying has helped them all around as yeah, a well, squad. Well, once they all get there and they build some and cohesion... Then you get back beat. grand final winners in, you know, probably five or six weeks' time in Kyle Turner and Kirizami Orva. And Kirizami Orva, I think, is massively underrated from last year. I think he's going to be... Yeah, it's going to take a little while for those guys to get going. They're not going to hit the ground running. Oh, he's been getting flogged, I think, fitness-wise. I know game's different, but no, no totally offence to Bryson Goodwin. I think he's been solid without being outstanding. But if you told me I could get Orva back after oh, the way course. he played last year... Of course. Um, that, that's a pretty big, pretty big inclusions to get, and I think, like I said, these little experiences are strengthening some players around the squad. Manly, I said last week, uh, I had pen through them. They need a massive win streak. Well, I think after that one, that's yeah, they're done. Who they got this week? They got the Sharks this week. Well, there's um, no way. Well, they get they keep Cherry Evans, which is a bit of a bonus for them. Um, but I think yeah. Well, Bart Gallon, the Sharks are the same, and they win without him usually anyway. And even if Innes is out, I think they've still got you know enough in their. Well, Innes is definitely going to be out regardless because he's either going to go yeah, he's to Origin, beat that. it and go to Origin, or he's going to be out. I so. reckon they can drag Manly into a dogfight. Manly struggle in the middle. Well, Manly lose this weekend. It's curtains. No, I've and, and if they win this weekend, they're going to have to get on a big streak, as you said. I'm calling a big time, but yeah, Seahawks play Penrith this week. Eagles play the Sharkies, but uh, Saturday the Warriors thirty to eight. Over Canberra, like I said, this is the Raiders' worst uh, performance of the year. They got carved up in the middle, particularly on uh, that right edge of Hurrell and Bodine Thompson, etc. They, they ran right on Croker and Edric Lowe. They really pulled those guys apart. And uh, yeah, the middle copped an absolute beatdown. They had errors. Oh, held the ball. And the Warriors, like you just said, the halves strangled. They didn't just try and blow the lid off every single play. They really kicked well, controlled things, and picked their moments. Yeah. It, it was quite clinical, to be honest. It's not something you really associate with them. No. Um, there was madness as well, though. That's the best part about it. If they had played a game like that, they'd beat just about anyone they can Yeah. If they find that balance. Uh, and Johnson, I don't know. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of a lot of people knifing him at the start of the year. A lot of people... Um, thought T- Townsend was doing everything at the start of the year, and I was one of the ones on board thinking, get on the back of it. Now he's getting on the back of it. Yeah. It's good. And Townsend does so much. The ball and the forward pack's going forward. It makes a big difference. I still thought that was happening earlier in the year, but he just wasn't seemed to get his hands on the footy. The last couple of weeks, I didn't. early touches, lots Too of many errors in yardage. Now they they seem to just be bought into um, kicking long and and chasing hard. Like they strangled the Titans last week. Um, well, I think they're going to be tough to beat. Well, particularly like I said, because they have that balance. They don't need to run set plays once they get inside your twenty. If they get field position and, and do the opposite of what they usually do to themselves, which is give you opportunities in their 20, they'll come down and throw some football at you. Yeah. Um, they're deadly both sides of the field. They've got good centres. If they can get out of yardage above 80%, good luck. Yeah, oh, big time. Good luck. Very good side. And probably one upside as well. They had a lot of outside back injuries. They've bred more squad players again. You've seen Marmolo play a bit. Cardo's come in. Fisiahi and uh, David Fusitua both scored doubles again on the weekend, healthy. Yeah. So they're starting to build back up, which at the start of the year they had issues with the outside back depth and some injuries, but um, it's looking very promising, and they're five from their last seven. So um, usually this is their time of the year. Hopefully they can get out of the origin period and kick on as well, mm. get themselves a spot. But um, that, that's pretty, that was a pretty big loss, I think, for the Raiders in context. They've had a couple of close ones, and then they've had a blowout heading into a bye. They really needed to jag some of these wins in this middle period when they've had their whole side. Yeah. But they haven't. They've seemed to have blown all the close ones, and this is almost the icing on the cake getting towed up by the Warriors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. I, I still last week. Still think them and the Dogs were the two that I, I would have probably had close to the bottom. But yeah, that, that's pretty bad for them now. The Dogs, I think you can see things starting to change and build nicely. But Canberra get a buy. So you're off the Raiders now. No, I still think they're near the bottom. Yeah. There's a couple of teams there. The Sharks winning doesn't help them. That's for sure. There's a nice little. 
Uh, well, the Sharks have lost as many close games as what the oh, Raiders have. They threw the intercept against the Warriors, I think it was. They threw the intercept against the Titans. Titans, and they lost on full time, whatever, to the Warriors. Yeah. So there's a couple of games they could have jagged, yeah. considering their rough start. But it's going to be a hell of a dogfight. Well, they lost four in a row or something, didn't they? Sharks? Yeah. I think they did, yeah. They were only like two wins from their first seven or eight, I think Gallum was yeah. saying, on Triple MNRL. So yeah. they, they've turned it around pretty well. But um, yeah, they, they need the buy. They're going to have to have a hard look at themselves. The Warriors, after they get in Melbourne after Origin, which is pretty good for them. So that's a real good chance. Over there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That always seems to happen to Melbourne. Yeah, we travel there. This time we're going, I can't remember, I think it's like the North Island or something. We've yeah, got like it's a where spe- they played the Sharks a few years ago. Hawks Bay or something, I think they said it. We've got a special jersey um, for that game. But, yeah, it's not ideal to be playing Origin and then travelling. Special to jersey aren't going to help you form. No, nah, I'm just saying. It's, it, it's not in the usual stadium where they usually go. They're moving it somewhere else. So yeah. It skips my mind at this point in time. But uh, rough trot, rough trot if you're going over there after Origin. The other Saturday game, the Cowboys, they blew that lead. 24-18, they went down to the Sharks. First half, they were just rolling. Um, Sharks were lackadaisical. Penalties, errors, just marched the Cowboys up the end of the other end of the field. and uh, It didn't look like it really mattered without Jonathan Thurston when things were all going well. But Well, again, they had the ball. Oh, 100%. But second half, what a turnaround. In particular, the last 30 minutes, the Sharks forwards just absolutely carved them up the middle. Yeah, Ennis, Ennis was instrumental. That was probably the best I've seen him play mm. um, in a long time. Thought both for feeders, Wade Graham, uh, Tagatizi again had one of those rare moments. He, he seems to drift in and out, but you know when he has when he has a good day, he's a powerhouse. Luke Lewis jagged another try. He can't stop scoring that bloke. Mm. But uh, yeah, Ennis the one you touched on. He set up three of the tries, and uh, it was a hell of a turnaround. And big difference when Jonathan Thurston is there. They they had some opportunities in the last ten minutes to try and turn things around. They made errors, couldn't get out of yardage, couldn't come up with the points needed. But uh, the streak at the end sometimes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, it's not a bad time for it to happen, that's for sure. Yeah, well, Paul Green was probably would have been thinking that, um, yeah, they might have got lucky. They might have got another win without him. They almost did. Well, they, yeah, they probably should have been there. And you look at it anyway, it's a good situation to be in. Thurston gets this off, and now this weekend, uh, you know, they're playing against the Dragons, but he obviously goes into Origin camp, so he's basically getting two and a half weeks rest before Origin and then running to the back of the year. Yeah. So that, that's really worked out. I'd give him another week off after Origin. I would as well. I'm, I'm 100% with you there. And I thought even probably Scott and Tamiya. I know Tamiya's probably a bit younger, but Scott you're probably going to give a rest to eventually as well. Yeah. Uh, Morgan, we already know, is working with an ankle injury that they said they need to operate on, but they can needle to the back end of the year. So um, if there's a game there where he can literally just pull the rug out from under him and rest all four, I don't see any problem with that. I think that'd be the best thing you could do on the run home. Mm. Try and time your run like Melbourne. You used to those couple of years ago on that, the stack side with Origin players. Um, but, yeah, they just blew that one. They, they, you know, Simply, both halves, like you said, errors, penalties. It went one way first half, second half. The, the Sharks forward just went over the top of them. And really good opportunity to keep moving up the ladder this week. The Sharkies, they get manly. Yes, Cherry Evans. Well, post, uh, post-Origin, um, they've got the bye, the Cowboys. So, mm. so he gets another break. 
Mate, I'd be, that, that might have been the philosophy behind it. Yeah, well, I was talking the other day about the run-in, and I thought that's... And then the best thing about that is it's into a Monday game, the following So you get another round. You know, so it's, it's, yeah, it, he, he'll only play Origin now until the 20th of July. Yeah. So he's got one game in the next three weeks, basically. That's brilliant. And the front rowers, that's probably enough time for them as well. It will be. Get two weeks, and two weeks. And he would have that. Um, well, it's really well planned. I knew the run in. I didn't look at the schedule after, but that's outstanding yeah. for the Cowboys. And that's what happens all these other years. I've said you need to start early. This year they bank those points. So now they're not only is that outstanding for them as far as the way the buys and the origins worked out, but they've banked the points. Yeah. Now they can get the whip out on the run home to probably have a real crack with along with Brisbane at getting the minor premiership if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, but a home final basically looks on the cards. One or two, they have to finish top two. Yeah, it does. Get one of those games, but. Uh, the other game on Saturday night, the Eels versus the Dragons. Uh, this one, like you said, was a valiant effort, I, I suppose, despite all the injuries. Cody Nelson playing an unfamiliar position. He's barely played first grade, but I thought he was really good. Um, St. George, I'm, I'm not going to take any away from Para, but yeah, they had a million chances, it felt like, but errors, poor finishing, and some of the decisions by the halves. There was a couple of questionable calls, but at the end of the day, with the amount of opportunities we, we saw them have, they should have closed that one out. Mm. They really should have got a well, result. Oh, they should have, yeah. But, um, yeah, Corey Norman, he was pretty good at fullback. Rad Rara, what, what, what can you say? You just almost every week, you could put your money on him every week to score, basically. If they're going to score a try at Parramatta, it's always down that edge. Yeah, they were... It was a frustrating game to watch. Um, it's frustrating watching the Dragons. Yeah, they fumbled and bumbled their way around, didn't they? Spent they, so uh, much time inside the 20 and just couldn't seem to get across the line. That's going to be their issue. I've been saying that for weeks, mm. you know. Their issue is going to be whether they, they can score points and execute um, at the back end of the year against good defences. Mm. So. And that's the other thing. Their, their defence was a little bit, I, I thought, I was given rap about contact and wrestling, especially inside yardage and their line speed. Even that's kind of relented the last few weeks. And that was a good point I think we both made earlier in the year. It's one, And that comes off the back of the attack. It's one thing to be so relentless and up in your intensity and D, but if you don't have the points on the back of it, you can't stay up that high every single week. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of slowed down the last two weeks, and yeah, I think the halves in particular went back to their old habits very very sideways. They've looked really good the last you know five six weeks when they've been on that decent run and prior when they've been playing direct. Marsh was around the footy, went up from the footy. They've pushed up in numbers, but there was just a lot of early shifts last night that weren't earned off quick play the balls. It was it was very sideways. Mm. Um, and you and Aiken popped out a nut, outstanding. Yeah, he did. For life I, didn't, I didn't notice that. He got it out of skins, too. I didn't even say it until I saw the photo the day after sick. on Triple M. I thought, wow, what an effort. Yeah. Get that bad boy out of skins. But, uh, wow. The one the one try, I think, some people whinged about it. I don't think the Dragons can blame the refs because they bombed that many chances. But was the, the tap back, we thought it was flat. Mm. Live, do you think that was flat? <laughs> Which one? Oh, it was no-brainer. It's a try. Mm. It's, it's a, a tap try. back. Please. And then we saw one of a similar ilk last night. To try. Uh, yeah. Which was the one last night? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There was one, there was, it was either last night or it was a Sunday game. That There was another one. And I think, I think it was think a it Sunday got, game. I think it was a Roosters-Titans game. I think it got called and a few people brought up the one the night before. But at the same time, like I said, I, I can't give any mercy to the Dragons off that one call. But then again, I, the problem is the process, not the decision. Yeah. Well, he set it up. Set it up. Uh, whatever he set it up as, it was a no try, wasn't it? Yeah. And the touchy was five, six metres behind, went off the call, basically the trainer that was standing in line yelling. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what the ref had to go off. So not a great system, but the Eels, they get the Tigers this week who are quite low on confidence and lose their origin players. The Dragons get the Cowboys without their origin players. So uh, they're missing a couple themselves, but a good opportunity to hopefully 
get a win back on the board. But Sunday, you brought it up. It was a pretty ordinary game. It was the Roosters versus the Titans. It was uh, below par, especially by the Roosters, but they got the job done. And the second half in particular was horrible. They were 11 from 11, and then it was just error after error after error. It just never got going in the second half. Yeah. Um, the, the Titans, like I said, I can only say that they were tough, uh, under strength again. I thought the bloke they got from the Roosters two weeks in a row, Nene McDonald, he's been really, really good. Um, you know, he put a bit of show on. Parsi was pretty good. On the Roosters side of things, though, I think Maloney. Maloney steered the ship home. Sheck was pretty safe, and, and Nap had a pretty good game. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was an ugly game to watch. When's Stinker. Greg Bird back? It was the whole origin period. He got eight, eight weeks or something. Eight, yeah, I know there's been the buys and the origin. I remember it was a long suspension, but I was trying to figure out when any anyone's on the way back in, and Falloon got injured again, didn't he? Yeah. So there's no one else that's suspended. It's just Bird and the rest are injuries. Yep, basically. It was a bit... It's a, You know you really struggle. I'm not knocking Roberts, but they had to move Roberts into the halves. Oh, it's ridiculous. Trying to get his hands on the footy. But even him the last few weeks, he, he's been needing the rest. It was a right move for the the players we had available. Oh, 100%. I don't have a problem with that. No, nah, I'm not knocking that. But I'm even in general, you've seen in the last few weeks pulling up with cramp and soreness. They've almost pulled him from a couple of games Yeah. Um, that he's kept playing on. But that just shows how hard up they are at the moment. If you're busted as bad as he is, and some of the kilometres and runs he's put on, I'm not surprised. But, um, yeah, they're really hard up for players. The poor Titans, but yeah, the Roosters. Same. This is kind of reminding me of last year again. They give you one of these performances that you go, "Here we go." They're going to kick on here or kick into gear, then they do something like that up. Yeah. But they just have that side that we said last year that's good enough to fumble their way through a game, make errors, and pretty much be awful and still win. Yeah. Um, you know, Jared came back in. Uh, you know, they're they're one of the only teams that's really not affected at all injury wise. They got some Origin players, but their squad's very healthy. Yeah. They're in a great position considering they're just you know cruising along here, but. They moved themselves back into the top four. They got a buy this week. Titans got the buy. They definitely need it. And Tigers, we talked about before, they played the Penrith Panthers on Sunday, got absolutely annihilated, 35-12. to 12. Uh, The first half was tight, but honestly, the Tigers scored off two fifth-tackle kicks, which was just poor by the pennies. No real big credit. I, I can't really give the, the Tigers any major credit in attack. Um, I thought, as usual, James Tedesco was one that looked dangerous. Anytime he's got his hands on the footy. He looks dangerous, but other than that, I, I, you know, there's, there's not too many positives to, to talk about as far as the Tigers are concerned. No, it's hard to watch um, at the moment, but uh, yeah, the, the fans are starting to lose patience, aren't they? I think a bit of pressure's building on Taylor, but then again, you watch them against South two weeks ago and they were excellent. Yeah. I think that's just what you get with the young side, you know. But we all know how long do you get with the young side in the NRL? Not long. And the same um, thing I said the other week, that I, I can't cop I think you'll see the end of this year. I, I gave that to them two years ago, and then I gave it again to them last year. But this is basically season three for a lot of those yeah, guys. Yeah, but different coach. That's, that's the I thing. Know, that's the coach, problem with, but... the, with the Tigers, is that mismanagement during that period. You know, they There was all that speculation around Potter. They sort of lost last year based on that. And they not, not that they lost this year on Taylor, but it was always going to take some time for him to instill into them. Well, they're you know, also... The he wants them to follow. They're also in a hard spot still financially because they let a couple of players go and they've got their cap fulfilled from upgrades and Taylor was trying to make moves for Ethan Lowe on a couple of forwards, but they've got no room. Mm. So he wants to upgrade the forward pack a little bit, which I think they do need to do. Um, you know, you got what do Tap- they need? A back row? You've got Tapio, you've got him. I think they need another back row. I think Lawrence is on such big coin and he's put that size on after all those leg injuries that they put him into the back row. He's been row. going okay. He's been all right. Mm. So whether that can save him, I do like love it and all that, but I just they're just lacking something in their forward pack. Yeah. And when, as soon as Tapio and Woods go off, they die in the middle. They fall apart. Yeah, I, I found it strange on the weekend that he brought them both off at the same time. Yeah, every week. And then the other thing, he defended his decision not to move 
Lawrence to the centres purely because he's just got into the back. It just seemed pretty stupid to me. To say, yeah. oh, I've, ju- I've just got him comfortable in the back row. He's played centre. Damned if you do, damned for if you so don't. many games. And Kyle Lovett's played a little bit there. Was he a left centre? I think he was right. All his junior football has been back oh, row. Right. It just makes sense to put him back where he's played. Yeah. I was a bit dumbfounded. He defended But then again, it. if it works, we're not talking no, about if it. If it works, so. but still. Surely, if you're a, if you're a coach the back in the box... End of the year, back end of the game, he did move into right centre, I think. Away if you, from if you've got a former Australian centre and a kid that's played all back row just because you've moved one to the back row recently... Yeah, what, but I think everyone would agree that uh, Chris Lawrence certainly hasn't been displaying great form in the centres. Nah, but you can't tell me after 100, probably close to 200 games, whatever, 150 games playing at centre, that he'd have better decision-making in that position than a bloke who's I don't think it was the decision-making. I just think Farah... Yeah, had, you know, oh, had he, more speed than Lovett. He did. I don't think I don't think he, uh, Lovett made poor decisions. I just think he was beaten for pace. I doubt Lovett. I, I also thought that his winger didn't really get much, didn't give him much support. Um, you know, I, there were several times there where Farre was for all money going to go around him, and the winger didn't jam in, um, and he just went through that hole. Yeah, there were, there were different elements to it, um, but the fact of the matter is, when you're going to make decisions during a game, um, you know, reactive decisions. Uh, you're always going to be damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I can see both sides of the argument, that's mm. for sure. I, there were just elements around it that I thought let Lovett down as well, which in turn let Taylor down. It was good to see Bryce Cartwright get a start. Um, you know, Farrell, like we said, he was just next-worldly defensively. Four try assists. Um, you know, Simmons was the benefactor of that, and I thought it was Dallin's best game in first grade as well. Was. Yeah. He is different, obviously. I think that's his 12th game in first grade, right? Mm. He, yeah. He's definitely different to Moylan in the fact that Moylan's not probably as destructive a runner. He's a ball runner, yeah. He helps him helps the halves out basically, you know, cleaning up the back of plays and being a little more creative because no offence to Wallace and uh, Sound, like I say, good game managers, but there's not a whole lot of creativity. No. Moylan kind of gives that last pass or gives that moment off the bat. Dallin... Well, and then he's throwing Seguiaro and he got yeah. a four-pronged attack. But Dallin showed on the weekend, again, development in that area when he threw a nice pass out uh, to the winger to score. I think that was... was it, no, it wasn't Simmons. It was Mansell. There was yeah, a nice yeah, situation yeah. there. There was a man yeah. jammed up in the line. It was a hard pass to execute. Mm. Couldn't just throw a laser. He had to loft one over the top. But yeah. um, development in that with the way he runs the football, metres-wise, tackle-breaks-wise, I think he could do all the same kind of stuff Sheck does. Obviously not the same kind of player with the ball yet, but he develops the ball-playing side of things. He's an outstanding fullback. Yeah, he is. But uh, really impressive by the Panthers. Still a lot of injuries to turn up and give us that. Well, it was good coaching to put Bryce Cartwright in there as well for that reason. That they lacked, they yeah. lacked that creativity without Moylan there, so they needed someone to, to spark that up, and he's played a lot of 5-8 in the juniors. and Cor- uh, like I said, Coruscant. He sparked on the week before as well. Yeah, and Coruscant good. looks better when they roll forward, just like he did at South Point. Oh, anybody who could have. They were a lot better in that regard on the weekend. But, uh, yeah, they get the Rabbits this week. Speaking of Coruscant and the Tigers, they play the Eels. But it wrapped up Monday night back at Belmore. What an absolutely outstanding atmosphere and performance uh, by the Bulldogs who beat Melbourne 20-4. to And basically it was all one-way traffic. It was 16-0 after 20 minutes. Um, they absolutely killed the middle of the field. They've finally playing the way that I kind of wanted them to play or expected them to play, get away from this shadow-passing crap and, and soft and half-paced and so flat. They're running onto the football and just busting up the ruck. Yeah. And most teams won't be able to match them. Really, it's it's a, it's a hell of a forward pack. Well, that, yeah, that's the issue. Uh, you know, there's only a couple of teams you can compare uh, as far as forward packs are concerned to kind of meet him in that sense. And I thought it was Hodkinson's best game, which is good for us, heading into origin. Yeah. He, he laid on some good passes, played direct there. Um, picked his moments in by again, pretty solid. Uh, Sean Lane, only his third game, he got me into the match. Mm. Pretty good replacement there. Doing a much better job than uh, Tony Williams, that's for sure. 
So it's worked out well. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, well, just, you know, you want to talk about money for investment and talent, like they haven't got anything out of Tony Williams, really. No, they um, haven't. To bring in a kid that come from a 20s team that was okay to getting killed in the New South Wales Cup every week to now get his opportunity in first grade. He's been brilliant every opportunity. Mm. Um, yeah, and then Cassiano looks more aggressive now, like you said, off the back of someone like Clemmer. I think he sparked up a few of them. Pritchard in his last year looks like he wants to go out with the premiership ring. He's been outstanding all year, but... Uh, there's not really many bad things I could say. Obviously, I would have probably expected more points considering how dominant they were. Um, but that's probably the only tick I can give to Melbourne. For the last 60 or so, they defended much better, particularly on their line because they were parked there a lot. Yeah. They couldn't really stop and roll in, but they were much better inside the 20. But early on, they were horrible. I'm blown away. They just coughed a 20-minute barrage. They are lucky to grab a try late. Um, Bellamy, like I said, talking... Oh, their line speed in the middle was terrible. Mm. That was definitely... Mark work was ordinary. Uh, which just led him to having to have to sit back on the edges because you, you can't go forward on your edge unless you've got line speed in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but I mean there were elements around that um, that caused it. You know, they had a heavy penalty count. The Bulldogs had a lot of momentum and um, emotion coming out at Belmore. So yeah. But the Storm side of old would have just weathered that, played 100%. boring for twenty minutes, and then sort of got in the arm wrestle. And they did. They. Um, I thought they had enough ball to. to compete in the game. The, the oh. possession swung in that back end of the first half and they had their chances they just couldn't score points. Definitely. But I think another one that I thought he would have played big. I really thought that I heard that McLean was going to be back in but I thought he would have played McLean, Solomona and Kafusi. Gone really big bench to kind of keep with it but he switched McLean for Solomona. McLean obviously I think got a new injury but he, he was pretty dusty coming back in. I thought that was a bit of a risk and he only lasted five minutes so he lost yeah. the sub. Um, you know, Hinchcliffe got on there, played his, his backside off, but in the middle there a few times, we really just got monstered going one out. Really wasn't a great game plan against a side that big. Mm. Um, but he touched on afterwards. Obviously, they missed Cronk and Slater because they chip in with a lot of the ball playing. They've simplified things fairly for Hampton and obviously Munster. Munster's a bit like Dallin. Good ball runner, can break a tackle. There's not a whole lot of ball playing ability yeah, there. At the moment. Mm. He's and Hampton, Hampton's best moment, again, when he ran the football. Uh, his fifth tackle option is definitely to get better too. He, he hoofed a couple of bombs. Get Cronk back, everyone, everything will look better. Yeah, and then you can develop a little bit more. He's the pin in that side. Um, yeah, we definitely need to get him back in there with Smith to help out. I thought Smith was good again, uh, oh, regardless, especially yeah. just the little stuff you don't see in the ruck. We've said every week. Mm. He, got, he milked a couple of penalties out of it. He slowed down a few rucks that looked like they were about to break open uh, for the Bulldogs. So um, back to the drawing board, they got the buyer. They're in a bit of a... Bit of a lean spell here, and obviously they've got to go play the Warriors after, so they're going to need to win a couple of games on the run home, the Storm, yeah. to make sure on the bottom of the eight. The Bulldogs, again, they've got the buy. Heavy amount of players in the origin period. I think they're going to come home with the wet sail if they come back with this attitude, and especially if those guys get the origin win and mm. come back to club football. Could be a really, really positive outcome for the Bulldogs. But they look a different, different side with Brett Morris at fullback. Oh, him healthy and Morris, his brother. Sort of his first real game back. He, he looks yeah. like he's fit. You know, or in origin, he's, he looked fit, but he's, he still looked a little bit clunky. Well, you, look, you look at it from this way. He injured early on. His brother's been injured, so that kind of hurts defensively. Lafay's had an indefinite knee problem. So there's kind of three key backs that were all... And then they've, they've had the Haas problems. James Graham, yep. Reynolds, and, uh, you know, Hodkinson have been awful. And now, all of a sudden, the and forward And as I said, yeah, the start of the year, Leisha was... I thought Leisha was steady, but every week he's getting better. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to get really better. Good. Next year, he'll continue to get better. So yeah, yeah. The Mbai thing sparked the half situation. Hodkinson's got some confidence off the back of the forwards and obviously the origin wins. Lane's come in. continue playing three halves, but Cassiano's not back into the year. Nah, 
that bench spot has to go. to Having the luxury of just throwing someone on with 20 minutes to go, basically you're deciding the game with 16 players. Yeah. So it's more of a uh, you know. Uh, At the know. moment, it's it's convenient. They can do it. They can get away with it. But yeah. back into the year, it's not going to be like that. Like you said, it's basically the results over there. You go. We can trot that out. There's no yeah, issues. No arguments. No fight. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all safe at the moment. What what what, what happens when it's a big game? Well, and it's on the line, and you want to you know go. Oh, well, you roll the dice. Not only uh, you're rolling the dice on the game, but you're also hurting the confidence of the bloke you are pulling off, yeah. and the one you're putting on as well. You're putting a lot of pressure on. So yeah. uh, they've definitely got to resolve that situation, but. Um, that wraps everything up for us. We've done the fast five, done the reviews of the games in the weekends. You're obviously parting ways as usual. Yep. Uh, I'll be joined next by Mr. Gossip. He'll give us all his dirt. We'll do our tips and I'll give you all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. Unfortunately, the great man cannot join us tonight. Uh, good old work commitments have struck him down. Yes, Mr. Gossip doesn't get to do dirt full time. He also has to work the old nine to five to make a living for his little gossip children and uh, to feed the drinking habit. As we said last weekend, desperate to get to the bottle shop. So he's pulling overtime tonight to make sure he can buy plenty of cartons in the lead up to Origin 3. But in saying that, he has left me what he's got in his gossip bag for this week. And we start things off, Titans prop Mark Iwani, uh, formerly of the Raiders and formerly a Warriors under-20s junior. He has signed effective immediately with the Dragons. Uh, mid-season signing there, an extra front rower heading to St. George, Illawarra. Um, also on the Titans, they're very confident of retaining Greg Bird amidst all the talk of him going to Manly and uh, riffs there of him being unhappy and also talks possibly of Ricky Stewart picking him up to go to Canberra. So, yet to be seen what happens down the road there. But the the Titans quietly confident of retaining Greg Bird. Uh, a bit of news that some people may have read yesterday, but Pat Richards, there's rumours he was going to the Catalans. Uh, the Catalan Dragons are back in the Super League. Gossip is confirming he is off to the Catalan Dragons. So, back to the Super League for Paddy Richards after a couple of years here. I'm um, in bigger news, the Bulldogs. Uh, shopping around Tony Williams, but nobody taking a bite at the moment and probably no surprise seeing the price tag he signed on with the Bulldogs uh, in the area of around 600000 So very big money, and uh, they are very heavy on the forwards, especially now needing to retain Clemmer and Jackson moving forward, um, you know, in their forward pack. And you've seen Sean Lane playing young Lloyd Perrett there, so that there's a bulk of forwards. That's why Dale Finucane... Found his way out of there, but yes, Tony Williams uh, being shopped around by the Bulldogs, but nobody too keen on making a bite at the moment, and no surprise. And the last bit of news he's got here, Chrissy Sandow, we obviously probably know that his time here in the NRL is finished, but Warrington in the Super League, the Warrington Wolves are apparently making a big offer for Chrissy Sandow. So worst case, if he does have to take off to the Super League, he will probably be compensated uh, very nicely, so... Looking like Chrissy Sandow's stint in the NRL will be coming to an end, but Warrington Wolves coming in with the big money. But jumping in to our tips, it is a shortened round. Uh, last round, we both got five. Uh, we are both on 67, so still all tied up. But as we do our tips for this round, I'm also going to give you the odds thanks to WilliamHill.com, formerly known as SportingBet.com. So if you had an account 
with Sporting Bet. It still exists now with WilliamHill.com. So if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. But we kick things off Friday night. It is the Penrith Panthers at home to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, Penrith, they've named an unchanged lineup, and obviously South Sydney, they lose GI. So Johnston goes to fullback. Joel Reddy onto the wing. Reynolds has been named despite injury and concussion. Um, and we've both tipped the bunnies on this one. I really wanted to tip the Panthers at home, and I'm sure Gossip, being a Panther man, wants to. But uh, Souths have, have slowly been building nicely without Reynolds and without Stewart and Sutton playing out of position. But now they've got the, the heartless back together, Kiri and Reynolds. Johnston's been playing some fullback. Walker looks good. Um, it's slowly coming together nicely for South Sydney. So we're both there. And William Hill agrees with us. South Sydney are $1.60 favourites. The Penny Panthers, $2.35 outsiders at home. The line is at minus four points. Uh, I like this one to probably be in the 1 to 12 bracket. So you get $4.05 for the Penny Panthers, $3.10 for South Sydney. Saturday, St. George, uh, they take on the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, you know, they're obviously missing Morgan, Thurston, both their front rowers. So Louis, Ray Thompson come in, Sam Hall, Ben Hennett. Uh, they plug up those holes. The Dragons, a bit of a reshuffle for them. They lose Dugan. Uh, Nightingale is going to go back to fullback. Your Kitty Gleiman is going to debut in the NRL on the wing. Uh, he's played in their 20s in Cup. He's take Farrell's spot. And both the back rows are out. Frizzell and Thompson, I don't know about injury or suspension, but they're both not named. So um, that's, a, that's a pretty big call. But just seeing that the the, the, Rab- uh, sorry, the Cowboys are missing four, uh, they had that amazing streak. I'm still going to back the Dragons. Not with much confidence, purely because they're at Wynn Stadium at home. Uh, and Gossip's also backed the Dragons. And the bookies agree. A dollar thirty-seven heavy favourites. Hopefully their halves can guide them around. Marshall and Woodop. The Cowboys, massive outsiders at $3.15. So if you like the Cowboys, bit of value there. And the line is minus eight and a half. Uh, I probably think the Dragons should at least win this one. I'm, again, I'm probably looking more towards 1-12 to because the Cowboys are a tough side. So if you like the Dragons 1-12, to $3.15. The Cowboys 1-12, to $4.75. Sunday, it is the Manly Seagulls. They are at Brookvale versus the Cronulla Sharks. They get to keep Daly Cherry Evans uh, with him not being named. So that's a big boost for them. The Sharks are named purely because Gallon didn't play last week off that great win. Uh, Michael Linus is also named, but as we spoke about earlier... It is very likely that New South Wales, if going is going to be out, will try and expose that loophole a la Queensland in 2002 where they didn't name Lottie Dekiri and technically he served his suspension because uh, he was named for the Broncos. So yet to be seen if he plays, but um, I've gone for the Sharks for the upset and he's gone the Eagles. I'm not surprised at Brookvale. Every time I do this, it usually bites me on the backside, but I just thought I'd roll the dice on the Sharks. I like what I saw from their forwards and Manly. They've been struggling a little bit through the middle, but Manly are the favourites with WilliamHill.com. They are $1.48. The Cronulla Sharks, $2.70. The line is minus six points. And, uh, yeah, I like the Sharkies with the 12.5 here. If you need something for multi-value, 12.5 start, $1.47. Pretty good value there if you want to take the Sharks with the 12.5 start. And the last one for this round is Monday night. It is the West Tigers versus the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Tigers, obviously, Woods. And Farrell are out there, had a pretty bad loss again. Just just a very poor, poor, poor result on their behalf. And the Parramatta Eels bounce back despite having an absolute swag of changes. And this week, they lose Hopwade. Morgan moves into the centres. Breda Faremo comes onto the wing. Uh, Manu Ma'u is set to make a return. So things are looking not too bad for Parra. Um, it, it is at ANZ Stadium. 
I, I really wanted to tip the Tigers, but I just can't do it. I'm going to stick with Para, despite the fact they basically, much like the Tigers, never win back-to-back games. But Gossip's gone the Eels as well. William Hill agrees. $1.60 favourites are the Parramatta Eels. The Tigers, $2.35. The outsiders, the line is minus four. Um, this, again, I, I'd be looking at this one more in the 1-12 to 12 bracket, but I do like the Tigers for the value in a multi. 12.5 start for them gets you a dollar thirty-five. So uh, looking at the tips there, the only one we've got different is Eagles and Sharks. So one of us will take a one-point lead after the tips this week. And uh, that's all your odds, thanks to William Hill. Dot com And uh, as we look on to State of Origin 3 next week, I know that the promo or the special for that one is going to be the same as it has been for Game 1 and Game 2. That is State of Origin Game 3 Money Back Special from WilliamHill.com. If your team lead at any time but lose, uh, you get your money back up to $100. So maximum refund of $100. If you back New South Wales and they lead or you back Queensland and they lead, and they end up losing the game. And uh, there's been massive refunds on game one and two, maximum bet up to $100 with WilliamHill.com. So a big thanks to them for coming on board, letting us do our charity bets. And uh, there's plenty of people out there, I'm sure, that listen who have won our $100 free bets that we do on our Pick the Score competitions on the NRL Gossip page. So keep your eyes peeled for them. And uh, a big thank you to William Hill for letting us have a charity account again this year. The charity we have chosen this year is the Guide Dog Association. It is a very worthy cause. Uh, the last two years, we have donated our winnings to the Starlight Foundation, uh, obviously helping sick children. And uh, the first year, we went with the Shepherd Centre, who was giving deaf children a voice. So all worthy causes. But um, year three this year, our charity winnings from WilliamHill.com, they will be going to the Guide Dog Association. But uh, no Mr. Gossip. But I've given you what he had in his dirt bag. We've given you the tips, all the odds from WilliamHill.com. That basically wraps us up for this evening, as well as the fact you got the reviews earlier on with me and Brock and the Fast Five. The last thing left to do is to let you know that if you want a bit of help with your punting, uh, you should look up our mates, the NRL Profits, because if you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the Profits. Over 70 units of profit in season 2014, uh, the service includes quality betting recommendations for Rugby League, including NRL and Super League. NRL Profits has a special offer for all our listeners. It's a 10% discount off the Access All Profits package. Visit nrlprofits.com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the profits. But all done and dusted. We've just got to get through this shortened round and we get ourselves to Origin 3, the big decider, Make sure you listen in next week. We'll have MG on again, as we have had for the first two games, to do our big preview for the decider, Queensland versus New South Wales. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 